Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian. And it's Zine Thursday. I got something a little bit different today. I've got two zines I'm going to look at. One's very different from what I'm normally looking at and what you normally hear today. But it's it's a neat little zine that I found. And uh, we'll get into that. And the other one's actually a Troika zine. So I guess I'll start with the Troika zine first. And, uh, and it's not, this is also a little different from what I normally look at as well. If you haven't noticed, I really kind of only do zines that are in print when I'm doing reviews and stuff. I don't work well with PDFs and reading digitally. So if I'm going to review something or look at it, I need a physical copy in front of me. Sometimes PDFs, zines and things like that are easy to print out on my lap or on my printer and staple my little zine stapler. When I get PDF files like that, I'll print them out and just make my own little zine so I can read them. So that both of these today were PDFs that I've printed out. They were both set up pretty easy. If you're used to printing zine format, it's not a difficult one to print pretty not rough on your ink or anything like that. So both of these are, are, are pretty quick prints. This first one is called City Running Troika, primarily works by Logan Knight, edited gently modified by Matrox Lush. Now, I am reviewing this because I'm using it right now because I'm running Troika for a couple weeks right now with the game group. And I ran into this, and it's, it's just a city... It's not Troika itself. Troika is a city. Now, this is not Troika itself. It's its own city, but it's kind of a can also be used just as a generic or catch all for for whatever city you want to run. And there were some really cool little tools in here. It's got nice little weather tables and things like that. But what I ended up focusing on was uh, some of the city crawling, alley crawling, roof crawling sewer crawling etc and those were the things that i i really found useful for our game there's quite a bit in here that you can use but i'm going to kind of focus on those what i like about it is it's got these little charts they could probably be expanded make charts like this much more in depth with more options but it's good for a game if you need something real quick okay i'm going to do a roof call we actually started with a roof crawl in our game and you can just roll your d6 and it gives you all sorts of different and different things as you're running across the roof. You ever watch like the cartoons or movies where you're chasing a bad guy on rooftops? It's essentially what we're doing here. I'm going to roll a six here just for fun. And we're going to do a little roof crawling with it. Open window, one story down. And so as you go on, it, it gives you different things. It gives you holes in the roof, uh, places you can climb dead ends, roof in disrepair, et cetera, et cetera. There's a 46 uh, chart as well. One's roof crawling, one's roof clop, top com complications. And it's got random creatures you can run into on the roofs. And it does this, it duplicates this process for alleys. You've got alley complications and then the alley crawl, which you run into back doors, darkened nooks, boarded over alleys, ways to climb onto the building. So you could go from the alleyway to the rooftop to the streets to the sewers and have a big old city chase with this zine and that's what i really appreciate about it so that's city running troika you don't have to run troika to use those sewer crawls and uh, roof crawls i feel that they can kind of be used in any game uh, so and 
that is available on itch.io from matrox lush on their itch.io page it's also available on drive through rpg i will make sure that we have a link to this itch.io page where you can download this and i believe this was a pay what you want download so it's not going to break the bank all right moving on the uh on itch.io it should still be going on for a few more weeks there's a bundle there and i think it starts at five dollars you get like something like ridiculous like 300 role-playing games of various sorts or role-playing game supplements and it's uh to raise money for what's going on in texas the to help defend trans kids in texas it's a um what's the word i'm looking for a charity a charity type drive that's going on it's just done really successfully and a lot of you have probably already gotten it because I've seen a lot of folks online, probably some of the people that listen here, they've gotten it. So this next one is just one of the little zines that I got from there. And again, this one printed really easy. Just hit print. I got a little physical zine printed out of it, and I liked it. And I want to I go over this, and it's called Splat, S-P-L-A-T, Splat. And it's also on itch.io. If you're, if you're listening to this after the Texas Trans uh, Bundle is over, you can just go and get it on uh, follow, uh, I'm sorry, summoning circles page. So I'm going to hit follow summoning circles since I just read following summoning circles. <laughs> but they do a little zine called splat and one called skill points. I was real, I liked the skill points one. I almost talked about that one, but I'm going to talk about splat for a minute because there were some interesting articles in here. Now, this is more of a zine zine, it doesn't have game stats or adventures or anything like that in it. It's got little, how did they call it, perhaps essays in here, and people have contributed to it, and they're interesting essays. The first one they go on is about playfulness, and it kind of gives you some suggestions and ideas on using your imagination and using old rhymes and nursery rhymes and stories that we grew up with as a kids that we are familiar with for our role-playing and stuff like that. The next one's interesting. I'm... I'm I'm not sure if I 100% agree with every article in here, but they're good to read, and it's a good perspective to take. This is about make games for people, not gamers. It kind of emphasizes making games simple so that people can pick up on them that have never played. It also emphasizes avoiding jargon and terminology and ways to make them more accessible to a wider audience. Now, I know someone just plays a lot of old role-playing games. Sometimes I just want something... It's complex enough and just as unapproachable enough that it will fit in with certain things I play. Kind of looking for more things for like, you know, some AD&D Osric and stuff like that, which probably isn't the most approachable. So I'm not sure I want all games that way. But in general, I think it's some good suggestions if you're trying to make things more accessible to others, especially people that are first time gamers or just getting into games and you're designing games. It's not a bad little article to look over. And that one was called Make Games for People, Not Gamers by Matthew Graveland. Uh, it also emphasizes things like, like materials that can be prohibitive. Like a lot of people may have certain kinds of tokens, minis, mat, all these things. Trying to make your game as, as playable without having to make such a big purchase. Because it costs money to get started up. He focuses on that. This next one I kind of thought was interesting. The Novella Method by Chris O'Neill. And it, it talks about like the old pulp novels that Gygax and everybody were basing their games off of and kind of how to structure your game off of them more. Instead of these big epic campaigns where we, we follow all these things like walking and everything else, we kind of start at the, at, the, at the point of action for your adventures. And it's got some interesting ideas 
not really the way that I run a game normally, but things you can think about, especially if you have limited time and for games and you have limited amount of adventures you can run with a specific group and et cetera, et cetera. There's some good stuff here, and it kind of pulls from all the old pulp fantasy as its influence on how to run these games and streamline it and cut to the fun stuff and kind of cut out the fat. Then there's an article in here called Playing as Performance, and this seems to be directed more towards folks who are perhaps streaming games, and and it talks a lot about from a performative uh, role-playing, almost as if you're you're um, doing it for an audience. And it's interesting if you're, if you're streaming games, but there's a couple in here that as we go forward, I was really into that I really want to focus on. The first one of the two that I really got into in these different uh, articles in this is Splat Zine, is how to navigate challenging conversations at the table. I like this article. <laughs> I've gotten into various forms of things like nonviolent communication in the past. I think if you listen to some episodes, Michael Lowe was on some, I believe, where we talked about things like that, that I think are helpful tools for people, things I thought were very helpful for organizing. But also at the table, I've used some of those skills as well. And this kind of goes into some of those ideas, similar ideas for things like that. And I like this effective communication. It talks about it kind of looks at perceptions, fears, hopes. So when you're talking to people, telling people what you perceive. So you have a problem of the play with a player at the table is doing something. And I believe the example they give here was like a barbarian. Someone played a barbarian who always ran into fight without asking anybody it was causing troubles for the party. And they were getting frustrated. And they say, I perceive that blank is happening. So you're telling the person that you're trying to communicate that you perceive something is happening. You're not, I think there's an importance to place there when you talk to somebody and it's accusatory. You use language like you are doing this. You are, you're going to have to take some of the responsibility. This is a good tool to say, I perceive something has happened. It seems to me that your barbarian has a repeatedly running into rooms after other party members have asked them not to. Now, there's other ways that can be approached. They don't cover this in here as well, that perhaps would do less of less pointing of what your barbarian is doing actively and more taking on the responsibility of your feeling. But I don't think we have the time or the breadth for that in this, in this 15 minute podcast. But it goes on to say after you give your perception, you give your fear. I fear that if nothing changes, blank will occur. I'm worried that if this behavior keeps happening, I'm going to get really frustrated and not want to play with that character anymore. And then the third thing it focuses on is hope. I hope that if we make blank change, blank will happen. If we could first agree as a party before your barbarian rushes into rooms, I would feel more engaged and excited to play. So it kind of goes over good ways to use the perception, fears, and hopes to communicate with others at your table, perhaps to resolve things that are frustrating you. So I think it's a really useful article at the table. The next one is written by this person, Kira Magran, I believe it's pronounced M-A-G-R-A-N-N. How to share space while role-playing. Now I'll say going into this one, there's a lot of good stuff in this article on how to share space. 
one of the things that I have thought for years that I have to do as a DM is pay attention to who's who's getting time to play, who's being quiet, who's being left out, who's talking over others and trying to negotiate the, the social dynamics at a table so everybody can partake and have fun. And this, this talks about intersections with marginalization. So like things like race, gender, sexuality, and how they come into play, how, you know, certain marginalized folks may not speak up as much or maybe talked over more being aware of what's going on at a table between the different people and making sure that you're including and, and addressing those things as they come on and paying attention to them. It kind of like nobody's perfect. We're all born with some sort of bias. We're all, I'm sorry. Let me rewind that. We're not born with a bias. We are, we are socialized to have certain biases when we're being raised and often we're not aware of them and they can come up at the table. And it's a really good little article about trying to address those as they come up. I, I'd like to do an entire episode on this, how to share space while role-playing. And I think we will in the future, not today, but if not anything, those two articles, the how to navigate challenging conversations at the table and how to share space while role-playing are two of my favorite things in this splat zine that I think a lot of people can get some use out of if they check it out. That's all I have for today. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here, please share with your friends. Give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Harold Crom. We're on Patreon. Uh, any support you can give us would be greatly appreciated. Put a lot of our own time and money and effort into this to make it happen. And as always, keep those dice rolling.